What does true wellness mean to you? I'm Claudia Cometa, and that is the question I will be leading with in the Minding Wellness podcast. Each and every week, I will bring you experts who will share their personal wellness journeys and their insights into what it means to mind our wellness. Health is a state of body. Wellness is a state of being. Let's dive into improving our state of being. Welcome back, podcast family. I realized that last week's episode may have felt a bit heavy or a bit overwhelming. Lots of information, although very, very valuable. I love to follow up some heavier episodes with some lighter ones, not meaning that the content is any less valuable, but this one takes on a really just beautiful spin. My guest today is Kristen Collins. As a former healthcare executive, Kristen thought she was doing everything she could to live a vibrant and healthy life, yet her health struggled. In her new book, Her Phoenix Rising, she shares her non-traditional journey to uncover the root cause of her ailments and discovers the foundation for optimal well-being. Kristen is vice chair of the Global Positive Health Institute Board of Directors, is a certified workplace mindfulness facilitator, certified holistic coach, executive coach, and an influencer, inspiring thousands to connect with their purpose, ultimate joy, and love. A sought-after speaker, Kristen, will be speaking at the next TEDx West Shore Conference in Tampa, Florida in October. So if you're in the area, which I know many of you are in Florida, that would be a really great one to attend. I had a great conversation with Kristen today, and as I talk often about, this podcast is intended to focus on all topics, mind, body, and spirit, and I think we covered all three in this episode, and I'm excited to bring it to you. Here's Kristen. All right, so excited, honored, and pleased to bring on Kristen Collins today. And I love that she signs off with CC because my initials are CC. And long ago, I started doing that as a shorthand. And so it's really cool, kind of a um, unexpected connection there. So thanks for so much for being on today, Kristen. Thank you, fellow CC. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to dive into your really impactful story and journey in just a second. But I would love to start with the question I ask all of my guests, which is, what does true wellness mean to you? Oh, I love that question, especially coming from the healthcare fields. And to me, true wellness is optimal well being, it is thriving, it is incredible feelings and emotions, um, freedom, and a body that's supporting all of that, a mind and a spirit that's in alignment. Mm, love that. Love all of those wonderfully, beautifully keywords in there. Thank you so much for sharing that. Let's go ahead and get started with your background. So I know a little bit about the details of your journey. I don't think that many of my audience may be familiar with it. So I would love for you to kind of share with us your journey into the work that you do now. Would love that. And I'll, I'll do the short version. <laughs> um, but I found myself about five years ago um, as an executive within a large healthcare system where I had oversight of something called health and wellness. <laughs> and in the reparative healthcare model that we have here in the United States, health and wellness had a very interesting niche in our organization. So I found myself doing a lot of innovative work and really trying to help patients, the community, our clinicians, our employees, 
look at health as something that maybe we don't try to um, treat after it's already had onset of chronic disease. But instead, why don't we look at health and wellness as something that is how we are supposed to be existing. We're supposed to be living a life of well-being, and that we are actually responsible for our own health. So I found myself trying to promote prevention and reversal uh, versus treating symptoms and medicating and operating on uh, the outcomes of what we were doing to our own body. So that's what led me into the work that I'm doing today. Mm, super interesting. And I really love that you sort of started out in this health and wellness, not from a healthcare professional background, right? It was this more of an administrative type of a role. It was. And I think that as I look back and reflect upon the journey, that was such a blessing because I did not have the clinical training and our clinical training sets us up to diagnose, you know, symptoms and then to go ahead and, and treat them. And I did not have any of those uh, educational experiences. So I really came into this work um, with an open lens and found myself with chronic disease unbeknownst to me. Uh, midway through life. And I was able to treat my own chronic disease through the mind body connection um, with alternative medicine. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I have interviewed quite a variety of people and I find the perspectives of those who didn't necessarily go through the traditional medical training to be very enlightening and very eye-opening and um, often very outside of the box, which is what we need a lot more of. So let's dive in a little bit to your comfort level into your own health journey, kind of what the timeline was of starting in this new role and then finding yourself with your own health complications and then the sort of the sequela of what led to the work that you are currently doing. Sure. Thank you for that. Um, I found myself within the hospital 10 years ago as a fundraiser. <laughs> so that's how I entered healthcare. We were building a, a magnanimous children's hospital and I was blessed to be able to be a part of the team that was rallying the community to, to fund that. So that's how I found myself in the healthcare space as a non-clinician. And it was while I was in that space that I also crossed with one of our executives who was going to be raising money for his particular campus to build something he called an optimal healing environment. So that was the first time that I started uh, becoming aware of optimal well-being and what does that look and feel like and, and why do we do that? And that was where the awareness of we are responsible for our own health and potentially how I was treating my mind and my body was affecting my health came to be um, in my awareness. And then I became a, a zealot, <laughs> passionate person about it when I figured it out and had found out at that point that I had a chronic, and I, I do mean chronic inflammation. So I looked normal, um, I acted normal, I felt normal, quote unquote. Uh, you know, I was a vegan triathlete, I was not uh, chronically obese. Um, I didn't have the typical signs or lifestyle that would equate to chronic disease, but I was blessed that I did a um, some blood work that shared that I had over 100% inflammation going on. And that really, really scared me. So that was the shift within the, the healthcare system that really got me diving deep to think about what am, what am I doing wrong? I'm a vegan triathlete. I'm an executive in a hospital overseeing health and wellness, yet I have chronic inflammation. 
and in the state of inflammation diseases created. So that was what had me dive into more of the mind body connection. And, you know, what was I doing wrong um, to come to find out that my challenges have been going on for pretty much my whole life. And um, looking back at early trauma that I thought I had healed from and mitigated, um, I did not properly release and heal. So I was just constantly in this fight or flight mode with um, my lifestyle and just trying to constantly remain safe. So that was the discovery of the mind-body connection for me and how it was directly affecting my autoimmune system. Mm, Super interesting. And yeah, I do find that we can often feel on a surface sort of outside level, like we're doing everything right. And even, you know, what we're consuming, I I think that we often have a picture perfect health and, and that's often a picture and underlying maybe a lot of things that are related to the mind and spirit connection that aren't often talked about in the medical profession. And so we don't often prioritize those or even know how to focus on those. And so it's, it's interesting that somebody who would to others probably seem to be in a very picture perfect health state uh, was had underlying inflammation and that as we know, and probably as most of my audience knows, can result in a lot of internal damage and concerns over time. And um, so really interesting that you found that, was that during a, like a screening event or were you specifically looking, were your doctors looking for something? No, I love it. It was a screening event. I was just doing it kind of as an overall health checkup. And I, yeah, anything new that crossed for me, I would be like, let's try that. <laughs> so this uh, test came through, it was blood work. And I said, let's, let's hop on that. My markers, 99 of the hundred markers were, you know, within the normal range, if not really wonderful. And then this one particular marker, it, it was literally off the charts and it, it scared me. So I was blessed that I accidentally discovered this information, which then challenged me to start thinking, I, I kind of look normal. I kind of feel normal, but I'm, I'm not. And I, that's something I like to connect with people about is that my life and my well-being seemed pretty darn good. I didn't have any major, you know, trip up or any major moment that stopped for me to, you know, emergently pause. I had a collection of things that I reflect on in my book that, you know, now I'm putting the pieces of the puzzle together. And my purpose of sharing is it's almost easier when you have a major life event to wake up and be like, whoa, maybe I'm doing something, you know, off or wrong or whatever we want to call it. Mine was not that I, I, you know, felt pretty good. I, I looked pretty good. My life was really good and I was blessed to get this information. So I welcome folks to really be mindful and present because we get really accustomed to how we feel and what our new normal is. It's almost like, you know, a, a frog in a pot of water that slowly, you know, heats up. You don't know, especially as we age, the toll that we're taking on our optimal well-being. Absolutely. So you talk a lot, a lot about, and I've read some of your blogs and um, watched some of your videos and some of the words, keywords that stood out for me that kind of apply to what you just mentioned are going from weariness to wellness. And it's interesting because I feel like, you know, as you're talking, you may have thought you were at a pretty optimal, you know, using the words that maybe your, your, um, 
bosses and superiors were using optimal level of wellness. And you found yourself with some laboratory evidence that that may not have been fully true. And so you've talked about going from sort of weariness to wellness. And so did you kind of get into a point of weariness through that and then back to wellness as you realized what, what true wellness really was meaning incorporating mind and spirit. So kind of go into that concept and also timely enough, because a lot of us are weary right now with the state of the world and the impacts on our mind and spirit. So you think that this can all tie in together. I love that. That is such a great question. Um, my weariness came after the awareness that I had chronic autoimmune issues and I, I was sad and I was scared. So that was about three years ago. Um, and it was a few years before the pandemic came to light, especially here in the United States. So I went through a very deep um, introspection, a very quiet time, a very sad time, quite transparently. Um, I was, my family was a little worried about depression, which I probably had some, some state of depression, but I really did this very deep pause and introspection and questioning. And, you know, what is this all about? I thought I was doing really well. My life seemed to be on target. What is the meaning of all this? You know, and my exhaustion took over. But it also made me reflect on I had spent about 50 years willing my way, you know, very strong mindset, very uh, hard work ethic, uh, very driven. And so I was successful, quote unquote, you know, according to our, our culture and, and my own goals, but it was from a very heady place. It was from a very, I had to will myself up every morning and, you know, create that energy. But by two or three o'clock every afternoon, I was, I was pretty pooped, <laughs> but I didn't know it. It just was, was normal. So I think what a lot of folks are, have gone through in this pandemic was a, a forced pause and a lot of questioning with a lot of shifting going on suddenly, as I mentioned before, you know, an emergent event that wasn't in their control per se. So I find it really interesting that my deep dive happened before that. And I had started coming out of my deep dive really like two months before the pandemic hit the United States. So it kind of took me on a trajectory where I had a lot to say because I had just gone through this very extensive soul search and pause. And so I enjoyed being able to talk about weariness and how when you're willing your your life when you're willing your way through your day from that place in your you know in your head and to consume to purchase to achieve to experience um, I now have very much shifted how I live my life and that is one of of what I hope to be of release and in alignment with my true purpose and and knowing um, and knowing of self and, and caring and loving of self and being in flow um, with the energy of the universe. So that has really catapulted my connection to others as they're experiencing the pandemic and saying, I'm exhausted, I'm depressed, I'm sad, I'm scared, all emotions that I went through you know, two to three years before. And then I, I love being able to shed light on, you know, letting go of things you're not in control of and being in flow with your true life purpose, getting in touch with that and getting in touch with your inner knowing. Mm, absolutely. And I love the term heady. You were in a heady place. I, I, I often talk a lot about, you know, 
we are often in our minds thinking with our amazing thinking minds that are very effective at certain things and doing certain things. But there are often times when we really need to get into our heart space and that's not modeled for us. It's typically not modeled for us. Some people grow up in households that that is modeled, but I think that that would be more of the exception than the rule. And so I completely understand the place that you were in. I was that kind of person too, checking all the boxes, doing all the things, thinking through everything, planning everything, and didn't really know how to switch from that heady space to the heart space. And so I think that's a really important point to make. And when it comes to our wellness is extremely important because we can often find many messages that our body is trying to give us when we get out of the heady space. I'm curious, and we'll come back to this and we'll definitely talk about your book as well. I'm curious as we move forward with this, what your experience was now on the other side of the healthcare space. So now as a patient, and you may have had some experience with that in the past, but now from, you know, maybe a little bit more of a complicated space, trying to figure out what was going on. What was your experience as a patient in a space where you had previously been more of an administrator on the other side of that equation? And, and what did you find any surprises or uh, things that you weren't expecting? So it's so interesting. I experience freedom to be completely transparent because I was trying so hard to fit what my experience was or what my healthcare issues were within the, the traditional model. And it, it was really frustrating and it didn't make sense. Like the pieces didn't make sense to me because I would ask why, you know, why did that happen? Or why did it feel this way? Or what did I do wrong, you know, to make this occur? And those weren't questions that I was, I was getting a lot of clarity around. And so now when I open up um, outside of healthcare to just curiosity and I ponder the why, and then I can really digest, you know, all of this need to control, right? Control the outcome, control my experience um, and letting go of that control and being in awe and wonder. Those just aren't conversations that I had within healthcare. And also too, really, I feel horrible, especially with the Delta variant coming back, because I still was in healthcare during the pandemic for the first few months and the taxation on all frontline workers. I can't even, I can't even articulate nor imagine because I wasn't on the front line, you know, that chronic stress, Never mind at work, but then, you know, I'm concerned about bringing it back home and how do you function at home when you're on the front line at work. Um, it is amazing to me the self-care that frontline workers aren't, don't have time to do or aren't able to do or aren't even aware to do because they're such generous, kind, loving humans that got into the field to care for others but truly that, that foundational baseline of taking care of self and owning your own health, I think that has been one of the greatest freedoms of leaving healthcare is to really spend a lot of time in that space to promote and, and share the message of you know, self-love. You've got to take care of you. You are the most important. You can't show up for anyone half full, right? You're not gonna be the best caregiver mom you know, son, whatever it is, unless you are full and whole. And that's not just physically, but that's emotionally, mentally, and spiritually too. Absolutely. I've spoken definitely multiple times before about 
the state of the healthcare professions, even pre-pandemic, but absolutely exacerbated during the pandemic and probably will be so for even, you know, after for a while. But, you know, we can't give from a place of depletion. And often that's what we are doing because there aren't a whole lot of other options. And also, like I mentioned before, it isn't often modeled for us what it looks like to care for ourselves in the downtimes, even as a, you know, busy pharmacist professional, when I was working 12, 13 hour days, you know, my downtime was, you know, just sitting, staring at the wall, allowing my brain to take a break. Self-care wasn't really a term that I was taught or that I understood. And so, yeah, those are all really, really great points. Um, You know, and you mentioned some key things that I, I would love to go into. I talk often about the concept of surrender and I even sort of run of a master heart, which is a made up word, kind of like mastermind, but getting out of the mind. And it's all about the concept of surrender. You've talked about courage taking on a new meaning for you where maybe it used to symbolize sort of like big and loud energy. And that often I think is is a visual that a lot of people may hold for courage. Like it's just this big expansive thing where you kind of uh, pivoted that term to make it mean or allow it to mean more sort of curiosity and letting go. So I'm curious as to how the letting go surrendering part played a role into your achievement of the wellness that you have now. And then we'll go into um, your book a little bit more. Your questions are just so beautiful. Thank you so much. Um, Courage was a word that was coming a lot after my book published. And I was trying to receive and not deflect, you know, and and to to express gratitude for thoughtful outreach and in comments. Um, But I, it really was a word I was having challenges with because I wasn't finding this chapter of my life to be courageous at all. I was finding it to be one of complete surrender. So that became very interesting. And I pondered that for a number of months as I wanted to receive, you know, that word and better understand it. And I think to go back to the headspace, right. And how courage to me, when I was from the place, you know, from the head, from the mind, that was big and bold. And it was, you know, definitely stand out and take a chance. Um, Now for me, courage is actually being experienced as just authentic truth and, and being okay and comfortable and actually celebrating the unique divinity of, of your unique self. So I'm finding that interesting in our culture where for I don't know how long, as long as I've been alive and well before that, it's my experience has been about fitting in and becoming part of, and, you know, identifying because of sameness. And right now for me, the pivot to courage from, from the heart, also from the gut, you know, my gut was really, that's the the third brain that I've, I've had to get most in touch with because mine was so destroyed from all of my, my trauma and my, my nervousness. Um, so really getting in alignment with who, who you are, wh- why you are, um, and then living that just kind of almost like comically and, and with amusement and with wonder and curiosity. And I'm, I'm now currently, and I really appreciate this question because I haven't really thought this through yet, but I I just experienced a weekend with some folks who were really concerned about some truths, really concerned and didn't want them necessarily to be shared. 
And I get that. It's not about, you know, writing a book about your truths or renting out a billboard or, you know, producing a, a video about them. But we have to own our own truths and release them. And that's how I've achieved optimal well-being is kind of with curiosity and wonder about my truths and, and healing from them. And then that, if asked, sharing them. And that's to me what courage is. Um, it's not about getting a megaphone and screaming from the mountaintops what you see to be truth. Mm, really beautiful. I love that. I think that part is so important. And again, not something that you're necessarily going to get in an office visit of a traditional, you know, medical <laughs> practice. And while there is absolute value to what our physicians and nurse practitioners and, and other providers can give to us, this is kind of our gift to ourselves of the inner work. And I think that it is arguably um, even more important as you have been pointing out. So let's dive into your book. Tell us a little bit about sort of the why behind it, the process of, I'm, I'm just curious of the process of writing it. And then also what um, types of transformations or inner questioning you're hoping that the audience who's reading it, it will get from it. Mm, I'll start with the, the last part of your question. My, my goal now that the project has been complete is for anyone who does happen to cross with it to experience a stirring, to, to actually experience a present moment um, and get in touch with something inside of them that maybe they hadn't been aware of or they haven't been quiet enough um, to receive or, or to reconnect with. So it's really about stirring something inside of a reader um, that's particular to their journey. It's not to parallel my journey or to, to walk somebody through my journey at all. It's to stir something inside of the reader so that they can self-discover something about themselves. And hopefully that's what occurs when folks read it. But I, it had been a while. I think lots of us hear from peers and loved ones. Oh, you should write a book. You know, this is so interesting. You should write a book. And I heard that for a long time, but I'm like, I don't even know what I would write a book about. That's very silly. Um, but a couple of years ago when I was calming down after a long day with my husband and my stepdaughter um, in the back of our home in Florida, um, another experience that kind of was off the charts and I was sharing it with them. And my daughter was finishing up her master's in clinical social work and she just looked at me and she's like, Kristen, nobody has a clue all this stuff that you've been through. Your life looks very easy from the outside and very fun, you know, very glamorous. And you've been through a lot. And if you shared some of your experiences with others, I really think that that would encourage them to be able to work through their own ups and downs in life. And that was the seed that planted a number of years ago that I was like, oh boy, because I, I love helping people. Um, but I also now understand that I have to do that from a place of wholeness, not so that I can self-identify as, as a servant, right? So it was one of those universal alignments um, last summer as the pandemic was setting in and we were all you know, working from home and I had decided to take the package being offered um, for financial recovery from the healthcare system and early out. And um, I had a severance come in my way. So I spent a couple months um, in reflection and it was through an entrepreneurial program at Georgetown um, that was a virtual five month 
book writing program that a, a, a friend of mine um, referred to me. And three days later, I found myself on this journey to write this book. And I, I giggle when I reflect because I didn't know why I was writing a book, what I was writing a book about, didn't really know if I'd ever publish it. But it was really this intense reflection of just stories that bubbled up as I sat and pondered and was in the present moment. And I share that because I've, I have found that journaling and writing has been the most pivotal release and healing experience that I've had thus far. So for anyone who's just looking to better connect with self or maybe address some stuff that you didn't even know was still bothering you or is from your past, go ahead and journal it out and you can burn it, you can flush it, you can delete it. You don't have to do anything with it, but just the experience of, of releasing it from body through writing was pivotal to helping me um, move forward. So it was funny because as I was going through the process and a few friends who knew um, would ask, what are, you, what are you writing about? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what this is about. I'm just penning some stories that bubble up. At the end of the five months of, of going through this program, as I reflected on what I had written, it was divine how beautifully the chapters um, came together to create this thread of pivotal moments where you know different experiences as we can label good or bad um, occurred and just some of the, the lessons that I learned along the way, whether in real time or in hindsight. And so the, when it became publishing time, you know, I thought I, I'm going to put it out there. And if this can help one other person, that's fantastic. But really it was a nod to my, my inner child and, and my first 50 years um, to, for self. I, I wrote the book really for my own self-reflection and celebration of, of releasing and um, healing. I love it. I, I often have talked to people who are very much in a headspace of, you know, what do I do next? And thinking through what makes the most logical sense, you know, from a business standpoint or just from a professional career standpoint. And often what I say is, you know, what, what is wanting to come out of you, out of your heart? What it like you, what, what is rising in you, which definitely comes into the title of your book, which we'll talk about in a minute about where that came from and what the meaning is. But, but I love that you were not necessarily in a headspace. You were like, I don't know what I was going to write. It wasn't all lined out. It wasn't all bullet pointed out. It just sort of came from me organically. And there's so much to be said about the beauty and just allowing that release and getting out of the headspace of what we know to be logical, practical, doable. And so, so I love that. Let's talk a little bit about your title. So it's titled Her Phoenix Rising. Where, where did that come from and what does that mean to you? It was just another one of those uh, gifts uh, from the universe. Uh, three different people in one week um, towards the beginning of, of this writing experiment, um, I was talking to on the phone and mentioned, yes, I'm, I'm right now I'm in this program. I'm writing this book. What's it about? I don't really know. I'm, you know, and I would share kind of what was happening and three different people not connected and three people that I didn't spend a whole lot of time with each said to me, oh, her Phoenix rising. And by the time the third person <laughs> said it that week, I said, oh my gosh, I, that will be my working title because I've never heard those three words together. 
you know, a Phoenix rising is not something that really was crossing with me a lot up until that point. But the fact that three different people in one week said it to me, it just made, you know, made me laugh. I'm like, okay, universe, I hear you. And so this program wanted you to have a working title so that you could start, you know, Play-Dohing and, and digesting this thing that you were birthing. So I put it as my working title with the freedom of knowing I could always change it as the journey went on. And what, what happened was the absolute opposite. It actually became kind of a true North and it, it gave me clarity on, oh my gosh, this really is about burning, you know, to the ashes and, and rebirthing and not burning with anger. You know, it's, it's about transformation. It's about letting go. It's about reimagining. Um, so it's funny how, again, just like you said before, there was not a strategic plan. There was not a flow chart. I tried doing all of those things a few months prior, and it was an epic fail for me because I did not come from a place of authenticity. It was too corporate. It was too um, outside of me and just letting go and letting it all unfold and kind of giggling with the ups and downs of that along the way from book title to book to company to messaging to to this whole ride um, has been really a lesson in in letting go and, and receiving and getting in flow. I love the synchronicities. I, that there's zero explanation for why three separate people would say her <laughs> Phoenix rising. I have also never heard those words, all three strung together like that. So I was super curious as to where that came from. And yeah, I, you know, the more we experience these synchronistic events and messages that could only have come from a divine place, the more I feel like we become receptive to them and it just becomes kind of a snowball effect. And I don't think that it's been the case that we just haven't been receiving those before. I think we just haven't known to look for them or to receive them in a way that we could process them as such. And so I love that that book title came just as it needed to come. And I look so forward to diving in and reading. Tell us a little bit about where we can find the book and also find more information about your work. Oh, thank you for that. So the easiest way to connect is simply through my website, which is my name, kristencollins.com. And on that site, you can find all kinds of fun things to plug into, including the Amazon link um, for the book or through me directly if, if you'd like me to write a little love note in there. Um, so I really appreciate the light that you shine uh, on work like myself and, and the work that you do, because this is the transition um, from a place of headiness to one of synchronicities and receiving and, and joy and optimal well-being and, you know, understanding that we are all interconnected, we are all one, and we have to take care of self so that we can show up for one another um, in, from a place of wholeness and love. Agree completely. Thank you so much for sharing your story and journey, Kristen. And thank you for allowing your heart to allow that to come forward in book form so others can read. And, and I love that the, that the intention and goal is to stir that up in others, because we do sort of need some of that prompting as people become more aware and conscious. I think the prompts and the connections to other stories will, will help that sort of spread. And so thank you so much again, Kristen. It's my pleasure. And thank you for the work that you do. 
A huge thank you to Kristen for joining me today and having this lovely conversation with me and with all of you. I really, really enjoyed this episode and encourage you to learn more about Kristen, the work she does, and absolutely read her book, Her Phoenix Rising. Thank you so much for continuing to mind your wellness here with me every week. If you have enjoyed any of the episodes, including this one, I would so appreciate it if you would take just a minute to review me on iTunes so others can listen to all the goodness and find it in their podcast lists. Thank you again, and I will see you here again next week.